When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Football Social Daily. Premier League Updates. Welcome to Football Social Daily, your daily dose of Premier League action. I'm Jim Salverson. Stefan Armstrong's there. Hello. Marley Anderson's there. Hello. And they're both with me today to pick over today's Premier League news in the next 30 minutes or so. This is my last podcast for a minute. I'm off on a Spanish scouting mission. Oh, Jim, where are you going? Well, I'm going to the Canaries. When I say scouting mission, I actually mean drinking cerveza and getting sunburned. All inclusive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, similar thing. Smashing the sangria. But the podcasts will be continuing, so make sure you click subscribe now so you never miss a show. On today's menu, or as they say in Espanol... La Carta. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yep. uh, we're going to be talking about the impressive European wins for Spurs and Manchester City last night. Raheem Sterling again producing a display that will boost those claims that he is the best young player in the world right now. As for Spurs, well, if Poch was under pressure, does that performance reduce the pressure or may not that pressure have been present anyway? We'll pick over that problem shortly as well. And we're going to be getting the scoop on a Scottish star who could be plying his trade in the Premier League after January. We're also going to talk about Liverpool and Chelsea, who are both in Champions League action tonight, and we'll preview and predict where those clubs are concerned. But we're going to start with the big wins for the Premier League clubs playing in Europe last night. Both probably expected wins, but maybe no one expected them to be quite as emphatic as they were in the end. 
Atalanta proved their defence was leaky again, conceded five to a dominant Manchester City, and it was Raheem Sterling who took most of the plaudits. He scored three, set up two, and looked pretty unplayable. Now, we record this podcast in Manchester, and obviously there's a fair few Manchester City fans knocking about, all glory hunters, obviously, and few of them join us on the podcast, particularly on the weekend shows, and one is on the phone now to wax lyrical about Raheem's display. Adam Keyworth, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Do you want to do this in Spanish or English? Uh, well, unless <laughs> Jim's to... exhausted yeah. in Spanish now, Adam. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to stick to <laughs> unless the, you... the menu and cerveza, I think English is probably the safest option, if I'm honest. If you're selling beer, you can order one, Adam, <laughs> but other than that, he's knackered. Go on, Adam, give us your views on Raheem Sterling last night in his display for Manchester City. I think he's getting to a point now, confidence-wise, which is a little bit scary, and... We were talking last night after the game and it was it's almost surprising now how good he's becoming. A couple of years ago, he'd be outside the box, 40 yards from goal, and he'd be unpredictable, but not really in a good way. But now he's unpredictable because you don't know exactly what he's going to do. And I think that's why defenders are str- struggling so badly. He's now getting the ball and he's got so many options where he can take it past the defender because of his pace. Or he can cut inside and put one of these crosses in that he seems to have developed this season, which is almost the little chip scoop cross into the back post, which we saw Silva benefit from at weekend, Aguero last night. And then thirdly, his finishing is just coming on week on week. He missed a couple of sitters this week and still scored a hat-trick last night. So that that's the level, I think, that he's playing at now. He's starting to get to that stage where instead of people going, best player in the world, or best young player in the world with a question mark at the end. It's becoming best young player in the world with a full stop at the end. It's kind of making that kind of progress, isn't he? He's, he's 24, and I was just having a bit of a, a stats look this morning. He's 24. He's already played 204 games for City. 81 goals, 69 assists. He's getting to the point now where by the end of this season, he could be on 250 games for the club, scored 100 goals for the club, just turning 25. He's not 25 until December. We're talking about a player now who's gone from, is he really going to perform at City? To He's 25 and he's becoming a, a club legend. And I don't like throwing that around very, very often. But that's the stage that we're getting to now with him. And it's almost the perfect storm with Sterling that he came in at a time just before Pep where there's a few question marks. And you've got a progressive player who was always going to become good but whether he would become great was was the question and a progressive manager in Guardiola that's given him like an unparalleled platform to to go on and the the progress he's made over just the past year alone is just unbelievable I think he's got 47 games this year and he's been involved in over 50 goals it's it's amazing four hat tricks this year just for City and yeah it's 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 mad how how good he's becoming is he the most important player for Manchester City right now I think alongside De Bruyne, yeah. I think there's obviously there's always going to be talk now of the Real Madrid's and people like that wanting him. But whilst Pep's at City, especially, he's not going to go anywhere. The almost the way that the club have put him in the spotlight, the way they have, has put him in really good stead. And you've seen now for England the confidence that he's got. He's taken it away with England, and when he's playing for City, here's the the scorer of those clutch goals now that Aguero was so known for. So he is almost our, our biggest player and always will be the first name on the team sheet at the moment, especially when you think that Sane's out and he's still got to come back in. He's 
he's an absolute delight to have at the club, mm. not just because of the way he performs on the pitch, but obviously we all know the way that he holds himself off it. And he's he's become not just a, a great player, but a, a really great man as well. Before you go, Adam, very quickly, obviously that was a massive win for City last night, flying in the Champions League. Was that an important three points to get in the group stages? So now you can forget about the Champions League till February. You can focus on the Premier League and potentially trying to catch Liverpool. Yeah, it was it was really, really important that we won last night. Obviously, going to goal down wasn't, wasn't great, but um, to, to pick up the three points... What happens when you play midfielders in defence? <laughs> <laughs> they put in silly <laughs> challenges. That is very true. And then one of them got injured doing that. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really important because nine, nine points from nine, I think if we win the next game, we'll go through. Um, so giving ourselves three games really to get one more win and then being able to focus on the Champions League is is really important. It's going to be interesting to see what Liverpool do tonight. Obviously, they've they've mm. lost one already, so they're going to need to win again just to give themselves that breathing room. But I do think that this year, the Champions League might become a priority, just dependent, obviously, on what happens in the league. Adam, cheers for coming on. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you very much. That's Adam Keyworth. You can catch him on the weekend preview and review shows on Football Social Daily, and he's also part of Blue Moo Rising, the Manchester City fan channel. What do you boys make of the performance from City last night? We're kind of used to seeing these massive swashbuckling performances now from them, aren't yeah, we? It was, it was quality, to be fair. We, we were watching in the snooker club. We went 1-0 down, and all of a sudden, everybody was getting excited, like, come on, Atalanta, this could be a game. <laughs> uh, they just fell apart, didn't they? Um, but even at 1-0 down, it never feels <clears throat> like they're going to be up against no, it. No, because City were just so quick last night. And like the link-up play um, up top was phenomenal. And um, I think it was highlighted there. Um, Sterling's finishing. It's mm. just these little little touches, just like, you know, coming in from box. It's amazing. He played brilliantly. Fair enough, yeah. That's about right. <laughs> right, good move. Can't, on. Yeah, but you can't you can't actually say any more than that, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, played brilliantly. I think one of the talking points that we could pick on was Phil Foden potentially getting some minutes. And mm. there's a lot of talk. We were yeah. talking yesterday about Phil Foden. If he wants to play for England, if he wants to play in the Euros, he needs to start getting oh, minutes. Ev- everybody last night was so excited that he, he was starting. And he, and he had a great game. There were guys saying, Southgate, are you, are you looking? You're looking Foden for England. I don't, I don't think he's there yet, to be honest. And I think that's highlighted. He had a great chance in the second half where he should have taken it first time on his right foot. He didn't. He hesitated. He took it on his left. But luckily enough, he was smart enough to lay it off. For, for the final goal, so oh, what well, the, the the chance he set up for Sterling? Yeah, I mean, just take what you write for. Oh, I thought that was very premeditated. I thought he was drawing the defender and then laying off no, to the side. No, 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 no. Rather than just taking it no, himself, you no. think it was I just think, he ran I, out of time? I, I think he thought twice about it. Mm. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I thought it, I think it was intelligent play rather than making a mess of it first time round. But it was interesting what Pep Guardiola was saying after the game. And he was asked about Phil Foden getting minutes. And he was like, I'd like to play him more, but he's not as good as he rattled off a load of players. He kind of he said, didn't say this in so many words. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He kind of said he's not as good as David Silver. He's not as good as Gundogan. He's not as good as Kevin De Bruyne. So he's mm-hmm. not going to be playing ahead of him. Oh, I think Pep Gallier's probably right there, yeah. So does Phil Foden, and we talk about this a lot, need to leave City if he is going to get those minutes? No. Nah, he's, no. He's the only player who's kind of come through and, and remained there for, for a certain period of time. Yeah, um, I think he's in a good place. Learn from these guys. It's like it's not even for me. It's not even a discussion. Like if he left, he wouldn't be half the player he is now. Like even training with these guys is just mm. unbelievable. Like if he went to like, let's say like Everton or uh, 
Who else? Bournemouth. Someone like you know, Bournemouth play good football, so Foden could potentially be in the Bournemouth team, for example, every week. But he wouldn't be anywhere near the level of playing with these players. Like he's he he stepped into that team last night, and you don't even look at him anymore as like, oh, what's he gonna do? He looked comfortable, didn't he? he looks yeah, on the just, level. He's so comfortable on the ball. Um, his runs, his passing, his, his ball retention. Um, he can pull people back, which is brilliant. <laughs> And get get silly little bookings, um, and then he ended up getting sent off. So that's ironically probably robbed him of more game time in the future because he probably would have started the next three Champions yeah. League games as well. Because um, I think he scored in the last one as well, and then he's played great there. I think it helps for him that he's from Stockport, and the City fans absolutely love him for that. Mm. I think I think that's a massive boost. He'll yeah. always have the support of the of the young fans. There's nothing like having a homegrown guy in your team. Oh, yeah. Like obviously, I'm a Newcastle fan, and we've got Andy Carroll and Sean and Matty Longstaff, and it's just brilliant to have one, two, or three of your own in that team because they can't do anything wrong. Espe- mm. Especially Matty Longstaff, he's he's completely like changed the atmosphere yeah. around St James Park. Yeah, he? yeah. I mean, he's. He's smashing it, but you know, some impressive. We've done it as well. I should mention. Can't go a podcast without mentioning. Paul yeah, it's gonna imp- <laughs> impressing movement onto Newcastle. Then when we we're talking about City a minute ago. Yeah, well, <laughs> two peas in a pod, aren't we? <laughs> well, Tottenham managed to match City's goal haul against Red Star Belgrade. No one really expected much of an up- upset for Spurs, but after the showing against Watford, at the same time. No one was really ruling it out, and it was important for Spurs to get a bit of a reaction after the Watford game at the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, the If ever a team needed desperately for an easy, comfortable morale boost in win, it was Spurs last night. Because mm. um, Red Star aren't the best side, but they can be a little bit prickly and a little bit just hard to beat, especially away from home. If that, if they had, if they'd had to go to Red Star, I think they might have struggled. But because they because they were at home on their own patch, they got sort of they got the chance to just like show what they can do. Really, um, they got a couple of early goals as well, which always helps. Um, and they looked great. They looked back to back to sort of the level where we expect them to be. Well, that's it. I was watching the game with Son and Kane on sparkling form last night, thinking this is the Spurs that I remember yeah, they, everyone yeah. crowing about last they, season. They were rapid, but that Red Star defence was so open last night. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think they'll, they'll, they won't get a game that easy in the Premiership, honestly. Which is probably what they needed, in all honesty. They, yeah. they needed the easy hit. Yeah, but I don't think you can you can take that that victory last night, which was a great victory in Champions mm. League, five 0 brilliant. But um, I don't think that translates to league performance. I think they'll they'll continue to struggle. A you little don't bit. think this is a potential corner no. that's been turned? Because I mean, Pochettino talked after the game about the commitment of the team, saying that we've lacked commitment. There's never been problems off the pitch. It's always been the problems and the communication on it. That, that's that's saying, concerning that you said that to be fair. And he was kind it? of saying that that's changing now. That this was a team performance. Just just need to translate that to your league. I mean, it was the same kind of story a little bit last season. They they kind of covered up a lot of problems by playing really well in the Champions League. Mm. So it's kind of the same story continuing. So for me, I don't think I don't think even though five nils are a brilliant victory, I don't think that was a turning point for Tottenham. What do we think about the pressure on Poch then? Is it something that actually exists? The crowd at Tottenham Stadium last night, was singing his name right the way through and he was saying he appreciates the support. So there clearly doesn't seem to be any wish from the supporters to get rid of him anytime soon. And the league form mm-hmm. has been poor, but the position they're in in the league isn't a disaster. I don't I don't think there's any pressure on him other than, like, the only people that are putting pressure on him are not Spurs fans. Mm. So if the fans don't want him gone, 
and the owner doesn't want him gone, then why would he ever go? Do you think a few Man United fans are going? Oh, well, he's shit. So do you think he's getting get pressure Pochettino? from? That's... Do you think he's getting pressure from Daniel Levy in the board? No, I don't think. I don't think so. Because Levy, Levy would. Oh, we've said this a lot. Like Levy won't want to part with however many million pound it will get him to to pay him compensation, and mm. then to take another risk on another manager. Mm. And like we've said um, in regards to the Man United job, who else is out there? It'd be a similar situation for Spurs if they if they binned Pochettino off halfway through the season because a few results didn't go well. There's no one really out there. You're getting you'd rid probably of one of the best to, managers in the world, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, and then you'd have to turn to like Allegri or someone and it's a whole different style and it's a whole different like philosophy and all the rest of it and it'd probably piss a few players off because Poch has brought through so many young players. He's got the best out of Harry Kane and it's just more effort than it's worth and he's a good manager and he's proved that so I'm pretty sure he'll prove it again. How good was Spurs Stadium last night? With the lights going off, that's amazing, yeah, wasn't it? They're coming out. Complete stadium jealousy. Oh, it was like night. it was like yeah. a boxing match or something. I loved it. It looked absolutely incredible. All right, we're going to talk about tonight's Champions League games in a minute. We've got Chelsea and Liverpool both in action. Plus, we're going to talk about a potential Scottish starlet that could be setting the Premier League alight in the near future. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. Before we get into tonight's Champions League action for Spurs and Liverpool, we're going to take a quick look at a player who, if rumours are to be believed, could be on his way to the Premier League in the near future. Villa, Palace, Arsenal are all being linked with a move for Rangers' Alfredo Morelos, a rising star of Scottish football, and John Walker from the Trampled Bet podcast and a buff on all football north of the wall is joining us to tell us a little bit more about him. Hello, John. Hi, how's it going? All good, man. Thanks for coming on. So tell us a little bit about this guy. Is he all he's cracked up to be? Yeah, so we, we've taken him to Finland uh, for Helsinki where he had won the double and he kind of came to us. He looked very raw at the start. He was... Uh, he was getting mocked a wee bit for some of his finishing because it, he'd missed a lot of big chances, uh, most notably in the old firms, which he still hasn't scored in. But see, since Defoe has came up to Rangers on loan, he's been he's been a different player altogether. I mean, he's already scored 15 goals and 19 this season. Um, I think one of the biggest concerns for moving down to England is probably the introduction of VAR, which is working <laughs> so swimmingly <laughs> down <laughs> south. Um, Morelos has had five red cards in his year and a half, two years with Rangers already. Wow. Uh, three of them, three of them have been retrospective where he's kicked out at opponents. But this season, he's he's not really had any issues at all. So I'm actually beginning to think that Gerard, Beal, and McAllister, and maybe even Defoe, I've had a word with him just to say that if if his aspirations are to move away from Scotland, which you would hope it is, because even if he dominates up here, he's just going to be. It's going to be forgotten about if he doesn't go down to a, a bigger league and star in Europe. Um, I think probably by the end of this season, he's probably ready to go. Scoring big goals for us in Europe, he needs to get a goal against Celtic. That's that, that's as a Rangers fan, that's my main concern. I want I want him to get a couple against Celtic before he leaves. But he's ready made. Um, he's kind of kind of reminds me a wee bit of Yakuba, but maybe maybe not quite as technically gifted yet. He's that kind of same frame, same set, very strong, loves when a defender gets tight to him. If any defender tries to get tight with him, he's gone. Um, and his finishing finish has improved so much. John, you see, he never scores against uh, Celtic. Why does he always score against Hearts? <laughs> <laughs> I think probably just a level of defender. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 harsh. Do, do you know what, but, um, 
the times I've seen him live, he always seems to me like a scrappy player in the box who, who somehow always gets the ball in the back of the net. <laughs> It, it, yeah. It's infuriating as as a, as a home <laughs> fan, right? But um, see if he signed for somebody like, say, Crystal Palace. Mm. How many goals do you reckon he would score in a season? You say he's already scored 15 this year for Rangers. How many in a season do you reckon he would get with Crystal Palace, a team like that? He seems to strive for me. You see, you see less when Rangers, although he's been buying goals in, so this sounds a bit like a stupid statement, he seems to thrive when the games are scrappier and when it's relying on him to kind of turn something out of nothing. That, that seems to be the game. So see if he joined like a, a, a lower to mid-table side trying to push on. I think he would, he would hit double figures, um, maybe 10, 11, 12. But, I mean, it's hard to tell sometimes in Scotland because we had we had uh, Timo Pukki up at Celtic like five years ago and he looked like one of the worst footballers I've ever seen. And then he comes down to England and he's banging goals in the Premier League for Norwich. So sometimes hard to tell. I was actually, this is, this is one for Jim. See, like about a year ago, see before West Ham signed Haller, he looked. He looked to me. See, just his temperament, the kind of that kind of Decanio esque temperament mm. about him. He looked like a ready-made West Ham striker, and that was kind of how. <laughs> even though I love Arsenal, I kind of wanted him to go there just because he would be the type. He'd be the type of player. See, wherever he goes, see, judging by Rangers and judging by the way Helsinki fans talk about him, he'll be a fan favourite wherever he goes because it's there's nothing less than 100. percent It's mental every week. You know what you're getting. There seems to be three very different clubs he's being linked with. Aston Villa, who have kind of got quite a wealth of striking options at the moment. You've got Crystal Palace, who are desperately short of goals, even though they're not conceding very many. And Arsenal as well, who, again, have a real wealth of talent yeah, going I, forward. I, I can't see where he'd fit in in Arsenal. He's not going to go to Arsenal. He said. He's not going to go to Arsenal because he's not a he's not a nice personality that's happy with mediocrity. So he's not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing I think about him is the fee that's being touted around for his. How services. much? How much? Twenty million quid. Nah. Which seems. I mean, that's kind of a bit of an indictment on Scottish football in general, isn't it? If the best striker in the league you can pick up for twenty million quid. When, like, Wesley... How much did Wesley cost Aston Villa? That was, like, £27 million from no, the Dutch league. Or something. I, I don't think that's anything against the Scottish league at all. I, I think I think that's too much for Morelos, if I'm being honest. What, what do you reckon, John? Um, I, well, I would, as a Rangers fan, I'd be expecting £20 million just because the, the value is to us. Um, but I think Tierney's probably the, the comparison that Rangers fans would chuck about. But Tierney's four years younger than him, and uh, Tierney is a standout left back. So, but Tierney's gone for twenty five million. So mm. I, w- I would be looking. I'd be wanting twenty twenty five million for him because you're, you're taking a talent away from us. I think the thing that will drive the fee down potentially is Morelos' clear desire to to move because the, the boy still doesn't speak any English and he's been in Scotland for two and a half years but <laughs> he is now but, but we, now, we now understand he is learning so I can only assume all these steps are towards him moving down south where he probably wouldn't get away with not speaking the language um, and I just I can't, I can't stress that the impact the Fords had on him I think everyone who watches him just now the finishing it was it was more of like a, a one in three or four chances before and now, it, now it's one in two it's two chances of getting you a goal. It's as simple as that. And he's scoring big goals against Warsaw, um, against young boys, although we lost the game. He is scoring in big games. John, who's the bigger player for Rangers right now? Is it Defoe or is it Morelos? It's, it's Morelos. It's definitely Morelos. Defoe's, Defoe's evergreen man. I don't know where this has came from. I wasn't too sure about his signing, but he's just he's just remarkable. He's like the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> We just we just need to decide if he's going to become Darth Vader or uh, Luke Skywalker. John, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate that. Thank you.
Yeah, no worries. Have a nice day, guys. Thank you, mate. That's John from the Trampled Bet podcast. Right, we're going to move on very quickly and talk about Champions League football tonight. We've got Liverpool in action. We've got Chelsea in action, both playing against teams who kind of have a bit of a history of producing but never hanging on to great players. And let's start with Genk, who are taking on Liverpool, who have started slowly again in the Champions League. Last season, they had problems with their away form and they seem to have taken it into this season's Champions League as well. Is that going to be a concern? Because it didn't cause them too many problems last time. Uh, I don't I don't think so. Um, Genk tonight, I mean, Genk are the worst team in that group, I think. Mm. Um, I think they shipped a few goals as well uh, to Salzburg. Salzburg absolutely hammered them uh, in, that, in that first game. Um, and have Genk got Mignolet as well? I think Genk have Mignolet. Hey. Yeah, I think so. That's a nice um, little reunion, isn't it? Yeah, so he's shite, so there you go, there's a few goals. I mean. <laughs> they know about him. Yeah. I, I think tonight's a nothing game for Liverpool. Fine, we'll be all right. You think it's going to be a Tottenham City-esque trouncing? Or do you think there'll be... I mean, because, we like I mentioned the away form before, lost every single game in their group stages away from home last season. Yeah, I, I don't think they need to worry, to be honest with you. I mean, uh, the way I'd see it, if I was Klopp, I'd be resting players as much as possible for these types of fixtures. But I, I know the last time I said that to Steve, he was like, no, Champions League, big night for mm. Liverpool. Got to play the best. But I think you think about it carefully. Um, well, he's going to have that decision to make with Salah, who's potentially back. Is he coming back? Yeah. But missed the weekend with an ankle injury. He could play tonight. You'd give him a rest. You'd Yeah, yeah, definitely. Get Origi on. Get him some minutes. Yeah. 100%. Uh, should apologise. It's Min- Minley doesn't play for games, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Uh, he plays at Bruges uh, oh. or Brugger, as I've been. Somebody people have been saying Brugger on the telly. It's really I wound mean. me up, but they're probably they're probably right. It's probably me that's wrong. I say Bruges, but yeah, I thought it was it's Bruges. in Bruges, isn't it? Like the film in Bruges, in Bruges yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Genk, um, Genk's. I'm sure they, they've got bloody someone. I know. I swear <laughs> to God. Well, Joel, they've this, got eleven. This, I think this is a fascinating insight into European football that we're providing here. Uh, so much go. so, I think I'm going to move straight on and talk Please about do. Chelsea. Oh, that's who they've got. Please do. They've go got on, bloody. Mark. You know, remember Georgie Hadji? Yeah. Uh, they've got his son. <laughs> <laughs> they've got Ianis Hadji, and he's genuinely a very good player. But I can't see him getting. Well, a kick I'm sure Liverpool. any Liverpool fans that were hanging on for this bit of the podcast are going to be thrilled at the insight we've just provided. Yeah, Maybe so we can do a little bit better for Chelsea versus Ajax, who Doubt amazingly <laughs> they've never met before. Not what in never. European football, Chelsea or Ajax, really? which is incredible. Fair I thought. Play. Um, but Ajax are slightly more threatening. Than Genk, yeah. perhaps they've beaten yeah. Valencia, they've beaten Lille in the Champions League, topping Group H. Chelsea are going to have their work cut out with this one. It was quite a nice interview with Frank Lampard uh, yesterday. He's like, he's very respectful towards Ajax, and rightly so. They did brilliant last year, got rid of a few very, very important players. To be honest with you, I don't it know. It doesn't if... seem to ever affect Ajax, though, when they lose players. But... They lost three players in the summer, and they're just flying. It's, again. it's, it's total football, isn't it? It's, it's, mm. the, it's the Dutch philosophy. It's, mm. you know. Rock and roll, that's what it is. Um, I think I think it'll be an interesting game. I, it I like, could be an absolute cracker. Well, it could, the, 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 the tenacity and, and the youthfulness of the, the Chelsea team, um, hopefully it'll be a bit of an all-out attacking affair. I think that'll be beautiful. Bring it I on. Think, I think it's going to be a great game. I think if there was one game of the entire week, entire week of Champions League games to watch, you'd choose that one because they're both young, they're both attacking, they both play proper football. Um, they've both got sort of good dynamic managers who uh, who like to to play properly, and I think it's going to be a great game. 
I can't, I can't pick it though. I think Ajax no. maybe because it's because it's away. I think Ajax might well, edge that, it. That experience from last season might help Ajax through yeah. that game. I think. And Chelsea still so. look fragile defensively. They're still waiting from Christensen and yeah. Rudiger to make comebacks. Neither of them will be ready for tonight, so they are still looking slightly leaky. Yeah, and you'd fancy them to concede tonight. The question is whether they can fire at the other end. Yeah, I think like the likes of um, Hakim Ziyech and Dusan Tadic, the very very clever players. David Neres is quick as hell on the wing as well so if you're going to look at those guys David Neres is a right winger Chelsea's probably weakest point of the defence is left back whether it's Marcos Alonso or Emerson they're not amazing defensively Is, um, is so it at the bridge tonight or is it at, um, No it's away Ajax Ajax will win So we're picking Ajax to win just but Liverpool to Three absolutely two. trounce Genk yeah, yeah, let's give Liverpool a 5 0 Come on. Okay, the Chelsea <laughs> insight was slightly more, <laughs> more better than the uh, the Liverpool one. Well, that's it from Football Social Daily. Stefan Marley, thank you very much from everything Cheers. for everything apart from the end bit, which was rubbish. <laughs> and we'll be back. Oh, actually, I'm not going to slag it off again. Let me do that again. I don't think that's too bad to be honest. Well, slag it off. <laughs> this, this is this is the fans' perspective. Come on. Yeah, is this all right? Yeah. We'll, just, we'll just leave this bit in. All right, yeah. we'll leave it in. Uh, <laughs> Stefan Marley, thank you very much. Appreciate your input tonight on the Football Social Daily podcast. We'll do it again tomorrow. Make sure, you can tell I'm in holiday mode, can't you? (laughs) Make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a show and we'll see you soon. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.